the tightrope guy. The tightrope yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I believe it was about a hundred years ago. Yeah, it was going over Niagara Falls. Yeah, is that what tightrope yeah. over Niagara Falls? And there was thousands of people on the Canadian side, thousands of people on the American side, and he walked across on this tightrope. He went from one side and back, and you know, no safety net, no harnesses, nothing, and everybody was going crazy. And he said. Who believes that I could do this with a man on my shoulder? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I believe. And then he said, well, who's getting on my shoulders? And everybody was quiet. Everybody was silent. But there was one person, if I'm remembering correctly, who said, I believe. And he actually got on this man's shoulders and walked across the tightrope to the Canadian side and back again. But the point I'm making here is that's where a lot of people find themselves in their walk with Christ. Right. Yeah, I believe. Well, do you believe what the Bible says? Do you believe about what it means to follow Christ, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him? Well, I don't want to deny myself. I don't know if I believe like that. I don't know if I want to take up my cross. I don't know if I want to surrender. I don't know if I want to submit everything to Jesus. Well, that's what God requires. And best believe yeah. for anybody listening, it's the best decision you could possibly make in your entire life. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success by focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Now, we're traveling across the United States this summer to a city near you, and we want you to join us in creating the next wave of faith-based entrepreneurs ready to become the CEOs of their life. Visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today to speak to one of our team members about how you can level up in all areas of your life today. This episode is brought to you by Transcend. Transcend is taking preventative healthcare beyond the restrictions of traditional medicine. Through their advanced hormone replacement therapy and innovative telehealth system, Transcend will help you receive the best care on the cutting edge of medical science. Whether you're looking to improve overall vitality and wellness or optimize your health, Transcend's approach to transparent and simplified care will help you achieve the life you've always wanted. Visit transcend5.com today to start your journey to a better you. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and today, man, I'm excited for today. We get none other than my homeboy, Mr. Christian Edwards. What's up? What's up? <laughs> What's up, dude? So this is going to be fun, guys. If you had heard Christian and I's original episode, man, that's a couple months ago, a few months ago. Yeah. Right? Man, we've been doing this for a minute. Yeah, three months. Wow. 
prior to that, actually on that episode, you didn't even have the title of spiritual advisor no. yet with us, man, <laughs> yet. until the very, that very next day. Right. Yeah. Right. We're in your house in Minnesota ripping that podcast and yeah. I shared my testimony and it was the next day that I officially came on board. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's so awesome. And now we're in Orlando and like some gigantic house we're, we're vacationing <laughs> somewhat vacationing getting some work done here we've got other friends and family in town and stuff so just having an awesome time but thought we would just take today and really focus on the spiritual power pillar as you guys know if you've been following us within the king's council coaching program coach on being able to operate in excellence in five of the power pillars of life and we consider those mental or emotional our physical, our financial. And then today we're going to dive into the spiritual power pillar. And I wouldn't want to do this with anybody other than my spiritual advisor, <laughs> Mr. Christian Edwards. So this is going to be fantastic. If you guys have heard some of the other episodes, I've ripped some solo ones just on mental power pillar, emotional power pillar. And so I wanted Christian to, to hop on here and really dive into the spiritual pillar and why I think I've referenced many times that, you know, each of these five power pillars, one isn't necessarily more important than the other, but I might I may question that now because this is probably the most important component in all of our life, and, and that is you know our spiritual walk with the Lord. And I think if whether you call yourself a spiritual person or if you think you are a spiritual person or don't even consider yourself a Christian or anything like that's totally fine. But it's still a a large component to our lives. And one of the things that we're going to dive into today, if any of you have actually had this thought process or just contemplated one of these three questions, which is what uh, Christian's going to help walk us through today. And those three questions are, who am I, right? Like, who am I as a person, as a human being? Why am I here? Like, why, why am I on this earth? And then the last one would be, what happens when I die? Like, am I here for a purpose? And then what happens in the afterlife? Is there an afterlife? Like if, if you've ever even contemplated or had those thoughts and, and you don't call yourself a spiritual person or don't actually think that you are a spiritual person, but you've had those thoughts, I would maybe challenge you and beg to differ, right? That we are all spiritual beings. And if we can get this pillar right, it's going to allow us to really truly walk out the other four pillars of our life in absolute excellence. But if this one is off, if this one is off even a little bit, it can be very challenging in right. all those other pillars. So let's dive into this, bro. What, yeah. Like the, the spiritual power pillar. I'm going to throw it to you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And we believe the spiritual pillar is the most important because what happens when you excel, if you can excel in the mental, the physical, the emotional, and the financial and your spiritual pillar is lacking. Well, I, I believe it's in the sp spiritual pillar where you do identify who you are, what your identity is. And I believe that we don't really know who we are until we know whose we are. Mm -hmm. And until we could really get an understanding of our creator and the Bible fills us in on a lot of that, lets us know who our creator is and who we are, what our identity is when we commit our lives to Jesus Christ, when we put our faith and our trust in him. And I mean, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on one of the podcasts, but we are a Christian-based coaching group and we believe the Bible, plain and simple, non-denominational. 
we're just Bible-believing Christians. And I'm the type of guy where I didn't grow up in church. And I shared this on the podcast that you and I did, where I shared my testimony. I don't believe what I believe because I was taught it as a child. I don't believe it because I went to church. I believe it because when I was questioning all three, I had all three of these questions. And I believe every single person who walks the earth that's at some point, whether you grew up in church, didn't grow up in church, whether you grew up with atheists as parents, Buddhists as parents, it doesn't matter how you grew up. But at some point, probably in your teenage years, you're going to say, man, who am I? Why am I here? And what happens when I die? Like, is this all going to make sense at some point? And I think we all come across those questions as human beings. So for me, I believe what I believe about the Bible because when it was taught to me and I quickly surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and the podcast episode two, when I share my testimony with my wife, Lucy, before she was my wife, leading me to a relationship with Christ, I then came to dig into the Bible and see what had happened to me when I placed my faith in Jesus Christ and became born again and received a regenerated heart and had the Holy Spirit now dwelling within me. That, that experience, when we believe and the Holy Spirit enters us, that's an unbelievable miracle. It's miraculous. It absolutely is. Yeah. And I didn't will it in, into existence it happened when I believed. And when that happened, and then I then got into the Bible and read in in John chapter 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus of what needs to happen to be born again, and what happens when you're born again, and then read the book of Acts. And I'm like, oh my God, I actually lived this out. So for me, I, I couldn't read any other holy book and it would describe what happens to me in that moment. And for me to go from an absolute junkie drug addict to delivered like that once I believed in Jesus Christ, and not saying that anybody who struggles with the instant you surrender to Christ, it may not happen like that. You may, you know, in walking out your salvation and the the process of sanctification, you will be equipped to be delivered. God can deliver, God could heal, God can restore. For me, it happened absolutely in an instant. And that's why I share my testimony with everybody because unless it happened to me, I probably wouldn't believe it. If somebody shared my testimony, the, the testimony that I share, if they somebody else shared that with me when I was an unbeliever, I'd be like, yeah, right, right. you're full of crap. I don't believe that. There's no chance. You're just making that up. It sounds great, but there's no way that really happened until it happened to me. So- the, the question of who am I? What, what's my identity? I didn't know my identity until I knew who Jesus was, until I knew who God was. And I came to know him even before I opened the Bible. Lucy shared some verses with me, but I didn't know much of the Bible, but I started a relationship by praying to God every morning and just thanking him I was alive. Even when I was on the brink of suicide, when I was deep in my addiction, I just started thanking God I was alive. And I started that relationship and I started to learn who God was. In the book of Second Peter, it's mentioned, I think it's upwards of 15 times the importance of the knowledge of God. And when it talks about the knowledge of God, 
It's actually talking about a knowledge that can only be attained through experience. So that ex- experiential knowledge of God, not just a head knowledge, but through experiencing him. And that's what happened when I started praying. And then it was just a, a few short weeks later when I was at the absolute end of my rope and my addiction. It was the day before I was supposed to go to rehab. And I knew in my heart I was too scared to get on that plane. But the everything was set. The Holy Spirit had been working on my heart. And I completely surrendered. And when I had that moment where God came to live inside of me, that's what better way do we know God than when he, as the, the Bible says, when we believe he comes, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, enters our heart and dwells within us. That's how we could experience God. That's how we can know who God is, even greater than any scripture I could possibly read. And like I said, I got into scripture after that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not diminishing the power of scripture, the importance of reading scripture by any means. But when we have that relationship where, listen, you leave me on a desert island with no Bible, I still have God's creation all around me. God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He is everywhere. So I have God, and he is a God who hears our every word, our every prayer. He's a God who knows everything that is so deeply rooted, every dark place in our hearts, he knows it already. But when we spend that time and speak to him and just open up to him, you develop a relationship, and that's when we get to know him. So who am I? I am a child of God. In John chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, But as many who received him, being Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So who am I? When we believe, we're a child of God. And that's so important. Why is that important to become a child of God? And a lot of people say, hey, we're all God's children. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we become children of God. We are adopted into his royal family once we become believers. And we also, we become partakers in his divine nature, where when that moment, like I said, when Jesus came to, to dwell within me by way of the Holy Spirit, Second Peter 1.4 says, I now became a partaker in his divine nature. So I, I am in Christ, Christ is in me. Ephesians 2.10 says, I am God's masterpiece that he created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things he planned long ago. So wait a second. So God had a plan for my life, but I wasn't able to live it out. His perfect will for my life until I surrendered to him. Absolutely. We have, we could live our lives under God's permissive will, but I want to live under God's perfect will. I want to abide in his perfect will. I want to walk out the life that he so perfectly planned for me. I want to walk out the greatness that he so perfectly planned for me. I don't want to allow my actions or my failures. I don't want my faults to get get in the way of God's perfect will for my life. So, So who we are, we are all sinners, right? Since Adam and Eve, we are born into a sinful nature. We, there's nobody aside from Jesus Christ who ever walked this earth who was perfect. So we, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So the only way to not experience that eternal death or the eternal separation from God is to place our faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that word believe, and I, I just want to share this real quick. I, I'll get back into the who am I. That word believe is the Greek word pistuo. And when we talk about believing in God, believing in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross, the when he he paid a debt that we couldn't possibly pay. He suffered the death that was meant for us as sinners. When we say that word, it's not just, yeah, I believe in Jesus, because there's a whole lot of people who call themselves Christians or identify as Christians, but do they really follow Christ? Do they really have, and the dangerous thing to think about is those who call themselves Christians, but haven't actually been born again haven't actually had that real encounter with Jesus. And maybe it's because they grew up in church and they just always were around the things of Jesus or they were they felt close to Jesus or a lot of times children, they see their parents. And believe me, Lucy and I, we were adamant about making sure our children don't think they could just ride our coattails into heaven. Right? No, you need your own relationship with Jesus Christ. We know we're going there. Lucy and I, we're going there. There ain't no doubt about that. I know what my destiny is, and we'll get into that in a minute and why I know my destiny. But for somebody to call themselves a Christian, you have to be born again. You have to have that regenerated heart. You have to have Jesus living inside of you. And if you don't, then that's a dangerous game for those who think that, you know, their destiny is heaven because they call themselves a Christian, but they haven't had that true encounter. That's a dangerous place. So that pastua word is not just to believe, but to truly trust in, to truly cling to, and truly rely upon. And it made me think of Pastor Keith Kraft when we saw him speak at the Million Dollar Mastermind that he and Steve both spoke at. And he told a story, I believe it was Charles Blondin, Mm. if I the tightrope guy? The tightrope yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to jack up the story. I didn't know I was going to mention it now, but you know, I believe it was about a hundred years ago. It wasn't recent, right? It yeah. was it was quite a while ago. Maybe not that long. Yeah, probably it's 2021, so it's probably a hundred years ago. But yeah, it was going over Niagara Falls. Yeah. Is that what a tightrope yeah. over Niagara Falls? And there was apparently like thousands of people on the Canadian side, thousands of people on the American side. And he walked across on this tightrope. He went from one side and back and, you know, no safety net, no harnesses, nothing. And everybody was going crazy. And he said, who believes that I could do this with a man on my shoulder? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I believe. And then he said, well, who's getting on my shoulders? And everybody was quiet. Everybody was silent. But there was one person if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. who said, I believe, and he actually got on this man's shoulders and walked across the tightrope to the Canadian side and back again. But the point I'm making here is everybody says, yeah, I believe. Well, you get on my shoulders then. Well, I don't know if I believe like that. And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves in their walk with Christ. Right. Yeah, I believe. Well, 
Do you believe what the Bible says? Do you believe about what it means to follow Christ, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow him? Well, I don't want to deny myself. I don't know if I believe like that. I don't know if I want to take up my cross. I don't know if I want to surrender. I don't know if I want to submit everything to Jesus. Well, that's what God requires. And best believe for anybody listening, it's the best decision you could possibly make in your entire life. Because when the Holy Spirit enters you, the Bible says that he seals us. And that is our way to heaven uh, through that. I mean, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But when we are sealed with the Holy Spirit like that, it's almost like that's our ticket. We get to the pearly gates, not that the Bible actually talks about some pearly gates, (laughs) but you know, that's our ticket in. So one thing I want to point out too, is you've said like relationship and and being born again. And and I'd like to maybe just have people understand like the difference between religion and relationship. And even like what you said there, like the the faith that we have, I mean, faith is a verb, Mm -hmm. right? And it's either active because if it's not active, it's inactive, right? Right, And so we have to continue to walk out our faith every single day. And we do that through a relationship with Jesus. And it, it's not about religion. I mean, and, and people think that, you know, maybe the church can put a lot of guilt and a lot of shame on you. And, you know, shame is really based on who you think you are. And, and religion says shame on you, but grace says shame off of you and Mm. and God's grace is sufficient for us. Amen. Right. And that's, that's that's the difference between like, just if you're religious, I can be religious at anything. I can religiously put the dishes away every night. I can religiously Mm. wake up and make my bed. But if I'm doing it out of shame or out of guilt, that's not really the relationship that God desires for us. right? Right. And I just want to make sure people understand that this is about a true relationship with God and anybody listening can have it and can experience it. Even if they feel like they've, you know, the church isn't for them or they've been guilted or they've had bad experiences in the past or just preconceived notions of what that actually means. You know, we'll probably dive into that before we we end this podcast, but, but I'll throw it back to you, brother. Yeah. And even, I think Steve mentioned this on a recent coaching call of ours, religion is, you know, if you're a teenager, you sneak out of the house, take the car, wind up getting into an accident, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm scared, but I can't call my dad. I can't call my father right now. I'm going to get punished. But relationship, a true re- relationship is sneaking out of the house, stealing the car, getting into an accident, being scared to death and saying, oh, my God, I have to call my father yeah. because I know he'll be there for me. Yeah. And a lot of people don't perceive God, don't perceive Jesus in that regard, it's okay. I have to hide what I do. I, I got to do my dirt apart from God because, you know, he's just going to judge me. And, you know, I, I don't want to feel condemned. I don't want to feel that guilt or shame as you're just speaking on. But no, our God is a God who meets us where we are and he loves us unconditionally. Now, will he tax our tail a little bit <laughs> when we need it? Absolutely. But sure. he does it out of love. Right. He does it out of love. And I've, I've attempted to emulate that formula when it comes to even fathering my kids. If my kids mess up, do they see me as a father who they, I'm their first call or I'm their last call because they're scared of how I'm going to react. And 
relationship with God the Father. God wants us to, to call out to him, to cry out to him when we're going through absolutely anything. And there's nothing he doesn't know already. Right. So why are we trying to hide it from him? Right. Yeah. yeah, man, that's so good. That's so good. And I think that's just, I know that's, you know, the father that you are, who you're, you're emulating to be, you know, for all your kiddos and for me, for Ellie as well. Like I want to, I want to be the first person that she wants to run to, you know, mm-hmm. and not feel like there's ever guilt or shame or condemnation or anything there but it's just a, a true love the right. father's love um, yeah good stuff brother so that for the sake of time because you and i feel like we could rip it i don't know how long <laughs> we we've been going could. thus far about, about 20 minutes in uh this is supposed to be one of the short 20 minute <laughs> pillar podcasts That's all right. i don't think people mind yeah so let's get into purpose a little bit and if anybody hears this and they have questions on any of this reach out they could call your yeah it's a 727-472-3860 we'll throw that again at the end of the the call here but uh, yeah i could just text text the word king to 727-472-3860 and myself or christian or somebody on the team would be happy to hop on and have a conversation with you if you just uh, have more questions about this or want to even go a little bit deeper i'll defer that over to you man if they want to go deeper i'm more of like a superficial type of guy (laughs) (laughs) not really right (laughs) no it's perfect and with us we like we said the bible is our foundation and you know we use god's seven days of creation as a a template for us in our entire coaching program and riley and steve have done such an awesome job of coming together praying and getting vision from god as to how to lay this all out and we want to make sure we don't come across as any sort of like legalist group where you know we abide in the bible 100 percent. we're going to rep jesus we're going to rep scripture all day every day but what we want people to know first and foremost is that god loves you god loves you 100 percent, and there's not a thing in this world, on this earth, that you could have possibly done up till now where God won't forgive you. You know, the scripture talks about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit being the unforgivable sin. Well, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is a witness to Jesus Christ and who he is. So if I reject that, that's the only sin that won't be forgiven. And guess what? Up until our last dying breath, we have an opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ and receive him into our hearts. And like we spoke about before, be that's what salvation is. Uh, talking about being born again and having that regenerated heart, that's what salvation is. So we want everybody out there to know that Jesus loves you unconditionally, and we want to share his love. We want to share his hope and let people know, hey, that Christians are getting a bad rap nowadays. <laughs> right. Church is getting a bad rap nowadays. And unfortunately, there's some false representation of God's people out there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that we're, we're it, we're the ultimate, we're the authority, anything like that. But we're a group that we love the Lord. We place him first in our lives and we want to share him and allow people to grow first and foremost in that spiritual pillar so they can know their identity, their purpose, their destiny, and you know, 
then physical comes and get some big muscles too behind it. <laughs> it's a side effect of, of being a part of the King's Council. Right. You should have seen me before I got saved. Woo, I, I was fat. I, I, actually, this is true because I was a drug addict. I was in, you know, yeah, not you the had, best you shape. Had a ponytail? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. People are going to be texting that number. I want to see Christian's ponytail. Uh, you probably look like an idiot. <laughs> Bro, I would love to um, dive into really the second question that we had here, which was, why am I here? Like, sure. I think just a lot of people struggle with that. I know at, at multiple periods of time in my life, I, I had just that thought process of like, what is this it? Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, when I was, you know, focused on just running my businesses or selling things, just that thought would pop up in my head. And I always just had like this desire for more, like this feeling of almost just like unfulfillment. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really truly until I, you know, completely dedicated my life uh, back over to the Lord and just was just like, okay, God, now what? Right. And, and, you know, operating in his business plan versus trying to create my own, I yeah. think was the biggest thing. And, and still now I'm continually questioning, not in a matter of like, is this all real or anything like that? But the question is like, am I truly walking out my God-given calling on this earth? How can I best, you know, we oftentimes talk about you know, God's greatest gift to us is just life itself. And our greatest gift to him is what we do with it. Yeah. And so I love that. Could, could you just talk maybe a little bit about like, why are we here? Why did God create us? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, God created us to glorify him. And keep in mind, Genesis 1 describes how an intelligent creator being God purposefully made all things in six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested and he created us to glorify him and to make him known to others. If you want to put yourself in the shoes of God, if you were God, what would you do? And think about how special we are as human beings. You know, God created a lot of awesome animals and creatures, but he created us in his own image. He created us with emotions, which is one of our pillars. He created us with the ability to to think. He created us with logic. He created us in his own image for his glory. So it's kind of interesting when you're just talking about your questioning, you know, why am I here? Because I had that moment I'll never forget. And it was one of the darkest seasons in my life. And this was like before I was an addict even. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have God as a foundation. I didn't have any, you know, even in my heart, you don't need to go to church to have that personal relationship. So it wasn't even like I was sitting at home saying, all right, God, just talking to somebody, hoping, you know, God was out there. I had just nobody, nothing. And when I was 15 years old, a girl that I was friends with died in a car accident. And it rocked me because I said, not only why am I here, but why are any of us here? Yeah. You know, what's this all about? And I think I shared in that podcast that you and I recorded that I didn't actually hear the gospel of Jesus Christ until Lucy shared it with me. And I was near 30 years old. Mm. So to live in a, a community, and I didn't grow up under a rock, to just live in a community where I just didn't know any Christians. I didn't hear about Jesus, I didn't hear about it. So here I am, and 
as a teenager, you have so many questions as a teenager, you know, your body's changing, you, you know, you're getting into your rebellious age, you know, you go through so much as a teenager. And then here's my friend that dies in a car accident. And I'm sitting there thinking, why is any of this happening? And I had no idea that there was a God that knew, knew my friend before she was even formed in her mother's womb. I had no idea that God has a plan, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11. And some people say, oh, you know, God was specifically speaking to the Israelites that were in captivity. But I challenge anybody to to receive it in such a way when God knows, when God says, for I know the thoughts that I have for you, or I know the plan that I have for you. You know, God has had a plan for us from the beginning. And if you think that was just directed to the Israelites, I challenge you, to, do you believe God has a plan for you? If you believe in God and think that only applies to one people group at a specific time in history, well, do you think that God does not have a plan for you? Of course he does. He's got a plan for every single one of us. And I was just lost. And it was that actually led me down this spiral, which in the next year I had the back injury, got addicted to painkillers and just that my life really spiraled out of control. But it started with that, me sitting in my room as a teenager, losing a friend saying, why are we here? And honestly, if somebody had told me at that time, well, you're here to glorify God, I'd be like, what in the world does that mean to me? Right. Like, do I even believe in God? Right. You know? But when we come to have that relationship with God, and like I said, it's it's very hard to know who we are if we don't know who God is. So when we develop that personal relationship and we come to know him and we come to feel him and we come to understand that he created me for a purpose and my purpose is to glorify God, okay, well, what does that mean to give him honor, to make him known to others, to live in in such a way where he would be proud of me. You know, human beings, we're not accidents. We're not here by chance. And there's many passages in the Bible that make it clear that the purpose of humans is to give God praise and glory for he created us and gave us life. Yeah, Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, to keep his commandments. Revelation 4.11 says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. So he created us to, and I love that he created us with free will, because it's the free will where, which determines whether we receive him and believe in him and ultimately what our destiny will be because of that. But I love it because all God desires from us is to love him. Think, think about Ellie and I could think about my kids and especially my son, Ezra. We call him Ezzy. He turns one in five days. Yeah. And when this little boy when he wakes up in the morning, looks at me, smiles, and just starts like reaching up to me. If I forced him to do that, how good would it feel for me? You right. know, it's like, it feels so good because this little boy chooses, like he loves me. Mm-hmm. I walk into a room, his eyes light up, he gets excited. And that's free will. 
You know, yeah. that's how, why God designed us with the free will. So it's our choice to love him back. It's our choice to, to live our lives out in obedience to him, in obedience to his word, in obedience to the callings that he has on our lives. But if we didn't have that free will and just a bunch of robots, then I would say, I'd be sitting here, I wouldn't have an answer for why am I here? I don't know. God created robots. I don't know why any of our, <laughs> right. any of us are here. Right. Right. But right. He created us with that free will to to go ahead and glorify Him, make Him known, and He created us to to be with Him from the the time we surrender to Him, and really, He created us to be reconciled to Him. And we are reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. We're reconciled to the Father through Jesus Christ. And that's part of that becoming that that child of God. You know, we are adopted into that heavenly kingdom. And, you know, the Bible says that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So it's like, wait a second, all the riches and glory in heaven, like I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, but I'm a joint heir. I get to receive not just like I, I get a, you know, just a piece of it, but a joint heir. Like we all get to divvy it up, you know, as much as Jesus receives, like we all receive. That's an awesome promise. So for, and I'm sorry if I'm kind of scattered, like kind of taken down. A couple that's good, dude, because that's really, that's like the third question then is like, what happens when I die? Right. Like, am I just called up into the sky and the pearly gates as you mentioned before <laughs> like what what's next is this afterlife right well for a believer we're immediately in the presence of the lord mm. where to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord so for us as believers we have no reason to fear death absolutely not paul even says in philippians 2 that to live is christ but to die is gain, yeah. meaning once we actually die, all right, every single person, these earthly tents that our spirit lives in now, they're all going to get old, decrepit, and die. And you know, some people die before they're old. Some people die at a young age. Mm -hmm. And for children, I believe that children who aren't at the age to make a decision for Christ on their own because God can only judge us. God will only judge us based on what we know. So if it's a child and, you know, the rapture happens, which, you know, not to get all churchy, but, you know, when the rapture happens and believers are caught up in the air and meet Jesus Christ in the air and then the tribulation period starts. And again, that's my opinion on when the rapture happens according to scripture. Some people think the rapture happens mid-tribulation or post-trib. But if, you know, God forbid a, a child who can't possibly comprehend the gospel of Jesus Christ were to pass away, well, they would be in the presence of the Lord because they didn't have that opportunity to choose him. They don't they didn't know any better and God would not hold that against that young person. Is that like what, I mean, here to have that childlike faith, is that what you would mean by that or elaborate on that a little bit more if you could, man? Like I get a child who, you know, is three years old, four years old, doesn't have the understanding really of like who God is, what he's done for us, but they're oftentimes just like willing to just trust is trust you. And is that what you would call like just that childlike faith? Like I'm just going to not necessarily just blindly trust, but just have that, that just peace 
Yeah, and, and when I say and that childlike faith would be because they don't know any better but to trust. Yeah. But when I say they don't know any better, it's because like they don't know any better to truly understand the the gospel, uh, yeah. what Jesus did on the cross. But you're 100 percent right. That childlike faith is unbelievable, and I've seen it even with Ezzy. Yeah. You know, just you know him trying to if we have him on the bed him trying to get off the bed and like he trusts like I'm not going to let him fall like right. he, you know right. so that childlike faith but I was meaning in such a, a way like somebody who has some sort of mental deficiency yeah. or something that wouldn't allow them you know maybe they're 30 years old but they have the brain or the mind of a child and they can't comprehend Jesus Christ somebody like that I believe they when they die, they wouldn't go to hell. They should sure. be in the presence of the Lord. So the Bible's clear. There's two places. We we either end up in heaven or we end up in hell. And so through Jesus Christ, hell is avoidable. And, you know, the Bible refers to hell as the lake of fire. And, you know, what we think in our head. It's funny because a lot of people, almost everybody believes in heaven or hell. Right. If you ask anybody, what's where do you go? Where are you gonna go when you die and why? And most people will tell you, Well, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Right. Well, people will say that and have absolutely no relationship with Jesus, may not even be a Christian. They may have another faith or an atheist, but most people say, Yeah, heaven or hell. Right. You know, there's people that are say, Oh, you know, reincarnation or I believe, you know, there's yeah. some other stuff out there, but for the most part, people say either heaven or hell. Mm -hmm. And then even when they say, I believe I'll go to heaven because I'm a good person. Well, you, you don't go to heaven because you're a good person. Right. We, Jesus came to, to save us. You know, we, we don't get there by our acts or our works. We go there through our faith in him. So they'll say heaven or hell, but well, where'd you get that? Where'd you get heaven or hell? Right. Most of us know, I believed in heaven and hell as a kid. But like I said, I didn't go to church. I didn't have Jesus. I knew nobody that knew, right. knew the gospel. But the idea of heaven and hell were in my head. Well, that comes from the Bible. So if you tell me heaven or hell, what, whatever the reason is, you get that from the Bible. Right. So yeah, like I said, there, uh, hell is avoidable for those in Jesus Christ. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, heaven will be our eternal destination. And if we don't receive Jesus, an eternal separation from God in hell will be the result. The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yep. And one of the we have this idea of hell, which maybe rightfully so, but we have this idea of the devil and pitchforks. And actually there's a Billy Joel song, right? About, you know, not want to, I'm not going to sing it and I can't Come remember on. exactly Come how on, it man. goes, <laughs> but you know, not hanging around saints. I want to hang with the sinners because sinners are way more fun. And sure. you know, people who are partying it up right now may think that hell is just a big party and there's no rules, no regulations, but hell, part of what makes hell, so bad and what makes it hell is you're separated from god and that's something that you don't want to roll the dice on you don't want to say oh, i'm okay i'm cool have not having god for eternity but if you choose to live your life here on earth separated from god then what's going to happen 
you know, those seeds that you sow in that type of lifestyle, you are going to forever have eternal separation from God. Because as you're, like we say, our bodies pass away, your spirit is going to go somewhere. And if it's hell and you're forever, I mean, the and the Bible describes hell, pre, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus, he preached more about hell than he did heaven. Right. I mean, he warned of hell and the, the torment that the Bible describes of hell. Now, I believe I when I was addicted to drugs, I believe like I felt tormented like because I knew something had a hold of me and mm-hmm. I couldn't break free of it. So, and that torment is probably nowhere near the right. torment that's going on every second for eternity. Right. And that's a scary thought, but the enemy has conditioned the world and blinded the eyes of non-believers to think, Hey, I'm good. You know, I'm mm-hmm. good. You know, and even those who do at some point want a relationship with Christ, well, I'm going to do my thing now and I'll come back to God later. Yeah. Well, what happens if you walk out that house and get hit by a truck? Right. You know, you may not, how many people are forever separated from Christ now because they made that decision in their life? I'm going to do my thing now and come back to him later. And then as we, how hard will it be to come back? You think you're just going to live in darkness and party it up and live it up and stray further from God. And then just one day, all right, God, I, I'm ready for you. Now I'm ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, and I think I, because I had this thought process in my you know early twenties of like, man, it's just as a Christian, if I'm supposed to believe these things, then I can't have fun or I can't do all these other things that I see people doing, and that's a complete lie. I mean, obviously the Bible tells us the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he'll do that in any way possible. And it's not that he hates us, but he does because. God loves us so much, and He's willing to do whatever it takes to deceive just the minds that, that, that we have, that we just try to walk this life out. And I think, you know, really part of our vision with King's Council is to know that, dude, life's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely amazing yeah. when you surround yourself with those like mindsetted people yeah. that, and, and then just the desires of old just slowly fade away mm-hmm. right and then it's like we need to just come to orlando like this and do life together for a right. week right like, yeah so get saved amazing. and then go get a mansion in orlando <laughs> it's all takes. With, with a theater room where you could do a podcast and that's all it is <laughs> then you can have a smile on your face right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good well we've been at this a, a, a minute man but i would love to if you have any closing remarks or anything man but i know before we hit record we prayed it up in here but i would love to maybe just end in in prayer or just an invitation for anybody that's even contemplating what what this even means and then just the ability for them to to reach on out to us and you know further that conversation if there's additional questions yeah 100 percent. and the whole reason we do this is for others and and for me my personal contract that you know, we, we really focus in on through our King's Council coaching group. My personal contract is I'm a fearless beacon of light, spreading the hope and love of Jesus Christ with intention and fervency. Yes, you are. There man. you go. <laughs> Usually if we're around any other members of the group, yeah, they're all shouting, yes, you are. <laughs> so I knew Riley would say it right there. That's good. Um, so my personal mission is to spread the hope and love of Jesus Christ 
because I, for so many years of my life, didn't have it. And whether it was because I just wasn't told it, I wasn't around it or chose not to believe it, I didn't have it. And to be in a place without hope is a scary thing to, to be hopeless. And in my years of ministry, doing street evangelism and ministry in the city of North New Jersey, just see so many people and so many young people, especially with just no hope. And it's like, wow, because, you know, guess what? People who have money, at least they have hope. And that's dangerous as well, because they put their hope in their wealth and they put their hope in just a legacy apart from the Lord. And that's a dangerous place as well. But to see what I've seen over the years, just the love of Jesus, the hope of Jesus, just void in so many places. It's my personal mission. And it's the mission with, that's why I've aligned with you guys, because it's the mission for you and Steve to spread the hope and love of Jesus Christ in this dark world and a world that is just being deceived every single day and people falling into the patterns of the world, conforming to the patterns of the world. And, you know, people, whether they realize it or not, being sheep rather than the lions that, that God's called us to be. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And that's really what it is. The the vision of, you know, King's Council is certainly about transformation. And, you know, we help people discover, develop and deploy their God-given talents and abilities. But why we spent probably a little bit longer on on this pillar than the others is because it, it does all come down to the foundation of who we are, but most importantly, whose we are. Yeah. Yeah, amen. And I'd love to just give an invitation to anybody listening to this right now. Maybe you haven't heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, which, you know, we keep talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He was God in flesh and he died on the cross. He was crucified for us, for our sins, and he was buried for three days and he rose again. And he defeated death, he defeated the enemy, defeated hell. So that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we believe in Jesus. We believe in what he did. We believe in who he is, the deity of Jesus Christ as God. When we place our faith in him, we are saved. And I just want to, if it's all right, man, I'd just love to walk all the listeners through a sinner's prayer. And let's do it. Guys, you don't have to, I mean, a lot of times when churches or Christians give an invitation for Christ, they'll walk you through a sinner's prayer. You don't have to say these words exactly, but if you uh, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, then you are saved. You know, when Acts 16, the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And um, Paul said, believe on the name Jesus Christ. And that's what it is. But we'd love to walk you through this prayer and whether it's the first time you're truly having that moment with the Lord where you're surrendering, where you're submitting to him. And, you know, we've talked about on this, just on this episode, it's about faith. It's about trust. It's about being that guy that that says, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I'm going to keep doing my thing. No, be that guy that stood on the shoulders of that dude that walked a tightrope. Mm. You believe? All right, then believe. Let it be, believe without a safety net underneath. Do you still believe? Well, guess what? Jesus is never going to let you fall. He's never going to let you fall. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for this time. And we thank you for 
every ear that's hearing this. And God, even right now, as I'm praying this prayer, we pray that hearts are being softened right now by way of your Holy Spirit. And God, we just ask for those who are in a place of hopelessness, those who are in a place where they don't feel love. God, we just ask that you come into their heart right now that they may feel who you are, that they may gain hope, and not hope as the world knows it, but a biblical hope where there is absolutely no doubt of who you are, Lord. And God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that hearts will be mended, that minds will be renewed, that relationships will be restored, Lord, that self-limiting beliefs will be shattered, that generational curses will be broken, Lord, that strongholds will be loose just like they were for me, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus that healing is done in the hearts today. And we pray that just there's just multitudes that come to that saving faith relationship with you, Lord Jesus. And for anybody who wants to make that declaration today, you could say these words. You could go back and listen to this. You could say it along with me. You could say it after me, but say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who shed his blood and died on the cross for every sin I've ever committed. I'm sorry for my sin. I turn from my sin. I choose to follow you, Jesus. I choose to trust in you from this moment forward. Lord, come into my heart and redeem me. Come into my heart and set me free. Come into my life and make me new. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, go ahead and text what's next to 727-472-3860. We'd love to bless you with a little gift. And again, just type what's next to 727-472-3860. Or if you just have more questions and you're like, maybe you're just not there yet and you just want to truly understand what is next, just go ahead and text KING, K-I-N-G, to that same number and one of us will be happy to to hop on the phone with you and just walk you through what this life actually looks like as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ. Appreciate you being on, bro. Yeah. This has been awesome. Love it, man. It's an honor. Yeah. Love you, dude. Love you too, bro. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.